don't like your music, don't it? <laughs> yeah, gotta get it out the mud, that's the only way to win. Who am I to point the finger like I never ever seen? Been through the ups and downs like the letter in. They don't let you through the dope, better kick it again. Cause that's the only way to win. That's the only way to go, gotta get it out the mud. Gotta get it out the flow. Cause that's the only way to go, let's go. Shoot. Lights out. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shooting Lights Out with your boy Down in the Playmaker Silence here in Jacksonville, Florida on this post-Thanksgiving weekend, Monday, November 28, 2022. I hope you are ready for a show. I got an excellent show for you guys. I'm mostly going to focus mostly on college basketball because that was the star of the weekend outside of football was college basketball. But I do have some basketball, some NBA news I'm going to get into, and I do have a Heat check for you concerning an NBA team who is red hot and is off the charts hot right now. So that's what we got for you today. No flavor foul today. I don't got nobody to pick on today, no team to pick on today. So no flavor foul. So we're just going to do a heat check. We're going to talk college basketball, and we got a challenge coming up as well. So with that being said, let's get right into it. We're going to kick it off what we always kick it off with. We are going to go around the hardwood. And to begin around the hardwood, first headlines comes from the NBA. Tim McMahon from ESPN staff writer. Source, Mavericks to sign Kimber Walker to boost backcourt. The Dallas Mavericks intend to sign veteran guard Kimber Walker to address their glaring need for another creator in Luka, Luka Doncic's supporting cast. Sources confirmed to ESPN. Dallas will wear a reserve point guard. Vercado Cavazello, whose contract is not guaranteed to create an open roster spot for Walker, so it's said. Walker, 32, a four-time All-Star whose career has been derailed by knee issues, has been a free agent since being waived by the Detroit Pistons in mid-October. He averaged 11.6 points and 3.5 assists in 37 games last season for the New York Knicks, who traded him to the Pistons on draft night in a cost-cutting mood that helped create Sally Cow space for the Knicks to sign former Mavericks guard Jalen Brunson in free agency. Dallas which fell to 9-10 after an 0-3 road trip that wrapped up with Sunday's loss to Milwaukee Bucks had missed the scoring and playmaking provided by Brunson during last season's run to the Wrestling Conference Finals. I'm going to get back to that a little bit later, that game Sunday, because not a little bit later, but a little further down during the uh, around the hardwood, because, hey, with that being said, because a lot of because Lucas said something about that game and certain players, so that's that. Moving on to our next topic, Draymond Green calls late tech crazy stuff, picks up one in solidarity. This is also from ESPN. The great Kendra Andrews wrote this article for us. For Warriors for Draymond Green was not happy when he was slapped with a technical foul in the waning seconds of Golden State's 137-114 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday evening. 
Green, who finished the game with 19 points and 11 assists for his first double-double of the season, was given a tech with 119 left in the fourth quarter after Jordan Poole drove to, to the hoop and finished with a floating layup. Green, who, who was on the bench, mimicking Poole's motion as he hopped up and down, moving slightly onto the court. This was Green's seventh technical foul of the season. If a player reaches 16 tests, he will be suspended for one game. I'll give my thoughts in a minute. Here's a quote from Draymond Green. Quote, it's crazy. I probably got four tests this year that are questionable. They told me I was at the lane line, but I thought I was standing in the corner, so I didn't know. It sucks, though. He also continued to say his quote, it's the NBA, man. Your teammates make a great move. I didn't affect the play. There was no one near me, so it sucks. And the fact that it's going to count against against my tech count, comment, that's ridiculous. Dude, during my greatest game, tech for everything now. This is really, this is what really is going on in the NBA. We're going, we're taking people for this about everything now. Draymond Green is celebrating a goddamn bucket made by a teammate, Jordan Poole, of all people. <laughs> if, you, if you get my drip. But he gets a tag because he was on the court, but he slightly stepped onto the court, but with the play going in the other direction. And he gets tapped for it. He didn't affect no player basketball. He didn't float the floor of basketball or the floor of the play. Nothing. He didn't affect nothing. That's mimic and he got tapped. But that's not the only thing, though. As we keep going on, here we go. The article continue, The article picks up and says this. Less than a minute later, Stephen Curry got called for a technical foul for running onto the court and waving his tower at the Dante DiVincenzo hit a three. Hey, sign of support for Green. Green says, quote, absolutely appreciate Curry's attempt to prove a point. So Curry got his tech on purpose. <laughs> With Steph Curry really gets tech up anyway. That's probably his first tech in like how many seasons and how many years. But it goes to show you that, yo, y'all, y'all just giving Draymond Green text left and right for whatever reason. So Steph Curry's like, so hey, let me get one too. While we at it, hey, we balling. Give me one. So Russ out here, you get a tag, you get a tag, you get a tag, and you get a tag. That's what we doing in the NBA. Absolutely. You, the league office, y'all better get with the rest and be tell them to chill out with these technicals, man. This is getting ridiculous. Now, if they deserve the tech, they get the tech. Draymond Green didn't deserve no damn tech. He already now he got seven. He has nine more techs. And we talking. What's the Warriors record right now? Draymond's already at nine at seven techs already. And they have played a total of 21 games so far. They have 61 more games. So Draymond Green has 60, 61 more games to play, and he, he already is at 7 tests through 21. The way that is going, he gets a tech every three games. So if he gets a tech every three games, at the way this is going right now, because yeah, from what he said, this is seven technical. So he's like, he's nine away from getting a one game suspension. And he's going to take every three games. 
you're talking within the next 27 games, Draymond Green might get his 16 technical and he's suspended for a game. At the rate that this is going right now, I'm just saying, Draymond Green is getting a technical foul for everything. This is ridiculous. Like, wow, he was celebrating a shot by a teammate and you gave him a tech. Really? What are we doing? Like, seriously, what are we doing here? But nevertheless, let me continue on before I get too much into it. All right. Our next article takes us to Madison Square Garden, ladies and gentlemen, where the article says by Tim Brunton. John Morant gives triple-double, gives Grizzlies wins at Madison Square Garden. After missing Grizzly star, superstar John Morant completed his first triple-double of the season and his fifth of his career, Sunday evening at Madison Square Garden and he went over the Nets, he had a problem. John Morant, who finished with 27 points, 10 rebounds, and a career-high tying, and a career-high tying, 14 assists, and the Grizzlies won 27-23 over the New York Knicks. Had already planned on giving his jersey to Derrick Rose, after whom he has modeled his game. But for the first time in his career, Morant said his father, T, asked him for his jersey, too. <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> Morant said, quote, hey, it's kind of awkward. I already planned to give my jersey away to D. Rose. At first, I told my dad I was getting the, I was getting it away in a minute. Rose quote. Like every other problem on this night, however, Morant had a solution for it. After changing into a new jersey during the game, he was able to give one to both his father and Rose after the game, which is kind of cool. You get to give your jersey to a dude that you modeled your game after, and Derrick Rose. It's good to see Derrick Rose still in the game. It's amazing to see. But as usual, it seems for Morant and the Grizzly things worked out just fine as Morant. Playing without running mate Desmond Bain, who remains out with a toe injury. Dissected everything Nick's coach Tom Thibodeau and his players threw at him throughout the game. Playing a large role in the and the Grizzlies getting to 32 assists on the night before making what became the game winning bucket on a layup with 13.9 seconds to go. This is from Nick's coach Tom Thibodeau. Quote, we were double teaming him. We were doing a lot of stuff. His playmaking, he didn't fight. Close quote. He just made the right play. So John Morant leads his, leads the Timber leads the Grizzlies to a win in Madison Square Garden and gets a triple double, putting the Grizzlies at 12 and 8 on the season. As as currently third place in the West. As we continue to move forward, continue on with the round of gridiron. Yeah, round of hardwood, my bad. I told you we was gonna be we was coming back to that uh to the Dallas and Bucks game. Luka Doncic, Giannis. Trade praises at the Bucks roadmaps. Jamal Kerr of ESPN. After the Bucks, after Milwaukee Bucks secured a 124-115 win over the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday night, Mavs star Luka Doncic had some high praises for former two-time MVP Yantis into the Kubo, calling him the best player in the league. Doncic says, quote, it's hard to go against a guy like that. He is the best player in the, in the NBA right now. He's almost unstoppable to stop. It's really fun to see him play, but it is not that fun to go against him. Close, cool. 
After the Cooper's dominance up the Bucks cruise to victory in a game they never trapped. Despite 27 and 12 from Dantes, Milwaukee blitzed the Mavericks, who were on the second of a back-to-back. And so the Cooper finished with 30 points, 11 rebounds, his seventh game this season with a at least 30 and 10, breaking a tie with, with Dantes for the most since the for most such games in the NBA. And so the Cooper also scored 30 points while shooting at least 55% for the fourth consecutive contest. Tied for the longest such streak of his career back in 2017. Donson went on to further and say, quote, he's improved every day. He works really hard. You can see it. He works on everything. He works on his shot, and he's gotten better at a lot of things. He just gets better every day. Close quote. Both Dungeons and Anthony Kupo have established themselves as early season contenders for the MVP award. Dungeons leads the NBA in scoring, averaging 33.1 points, along with 8.7 rebounds and 8.4 assists. While Anthony Kupo is fifth in the league, averaging 30.9 points to go with 11.4 rebounds and 5.4 assists. Hey, what can I say? That these two bellies are good. But is now we get to enter into the Kupo talking about Luka Doncic. So while Enter the Kupo was appreciative of the compliments from Doncic after the game, he offered his own praise for the Mavs superstar, saying, "Quote: No matter wins or losses, just being respected by your peers is always a good feeling. I always love playing against the best in the league. He's an incredible player, an incredible talent. I believe one of the most talented players I have ever seen in my lifetime." It's unbelievable what he can do for himself and his team. Close quote. Both guys are doing, both guys playing their tails off. Both guys are doing whatever. Milwaukee is currently second in the East and second in the league, basically, with a 14 and 5 record right behind Boston. And the Mavs, they are 9 and 10, currently on a four game losing streak. Part of the reason why they are bringing in Kimball Walker to help. You know, help Luca out, man. Because, but the way Luca's playing, the Mavericks should not be nine and ten. Luca needs help, and I think they're trying to get help whatever they can find and help it. Continue on with the round of hardwood, Tommy. We going to the city of angels now. How lovely! LeBron James, A's blooded Westbrook as pair keeps Lakers. They met Metterman and wrote this article for ESPN. Wilson Westbrook had a blood covering his face after taking a fragrant foul to his forehead when LeBron James intervened to pull the Lakers point guard away from the fray and cover the cut with a, with a towel in the third quarter Saturday. It, was the, it wasn't the flashiest sequence the pair were involved in together in the Lakers 143-138 win of the San Antonio Spurs. That distinction belongs belongs to their double alley oop in the first half, but it was the most significant one. James says, "Quote: His health is more important than the game of basketball, so just try to stop that and let the training staff do their job after after we got him covered. After we got him over to the bench, Spurs big man Zach Collins caught Westbrook across the across the head with the right forearm while trying to." Defend a putback attempt by Westbrook with two minutes remaining in the third quarter. Westbrook sprung to his feet, 
to the front. Rosalind James put him away from the Spurs players gathered in the paint and towards half court. Nice shot for LeBron James to be a leader and do what he needed to do. The Lakers have been rolling as of late, as you can see. So I can't really pick on them at this moment in time like I've been doing before, or other people have. But 7-11 on the season, 1-2 straight, 5-5 five five in their last 10. They starting to get some wins under their belts now. We're going, we shall see what this leads to for them. By the way, Anthony Davis is suspected to be turned to the Lakers tonight as the Lakers will play against the Indiana Pacers. And give you the time and date for that game. With time, we know it's tonight. So it should be. It's in LA, 10 30, Eastern Standard Time. The 11 to 8 Pacers based in the Los Angeles Lakers. Should be an interesting one, especially with Anthony Davis coming back. It should be nice and a good one to see going forward and whatnot. But we have some more. We're going to the ladies college basketball hoops now because Lindsay Whirling and Caroline Peck top women's hoops Hall of Fame class and deservedly so. Former Minnesota Lynx star Lindsay Whirling and ESPN analyst Caroline Peck, the first black head coach to win the National NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament among are among five women who will be inducted next year into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. This was announced Sunday. The induction will be held April 29th at the Hall in Ness in Knoxville, Tennessee. Whalen, who was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts, in September, led Minnesota to the 2004 Women's Final Four and is now head is now the head coach of our Minnesota. She won two Olympic gold medals with Team USA. Well, and also helped lead the Minnesota Lynx to four WBA titles and also led the Connecticut Sun to, a, to the 20 to the 2004 and 2005 WBA finals. Caroline Post, on the other hand, led Purdue to the 1999 National Championship, a breakthrough achievement for black head coaches in the women's game. Her, who played collegiately at Vanderbilt, has also been a head coach in the WBA and for the Florida Gators, along with being a collegiate assistant at Tennessee, Kentucky, Purdue, and in her alma mater. Her is a longtime commentator and analyst for women's college basketball and the WBA for ESPN. The other inductees are Illinois State standout and 1984 Olympic gold medalist, Kelly Boswell, former Texas Women's Athletic Director, Donna LaPamela, and longtime collegiate and WBA referee, Lisa. Manically. So shout out to these women going into the women's basketball hall of fame. Well deserved for Lisa Willie has done a phenomenal job with what they do for the sport of basketball and the sport of college. Congratulations. Continue on with the ladies. Texas Warrior Hammer expected to play versus Princeton Owens. Now, this was, you know. This was something that they needed because Texas has been falling off the map and wish he did play. And I can give you a number right here. 
as they beat Princeton 74 to 50. Hammett played 22 minutes, scored 11 points. She was poking late from the field. She missed her only three pointer. But Texas needed a star point guard back. They needed it. The reigning Big 12 freshman of the year made her return. Alexa Filippo, she wrote this article back on the 26th. She made her season debut after missing her first five games with a toe injury. And they need the area in the worst way because they lost to UConn, Marquette, and Louisville at the Battle for Atlantis. And the Longhorns went from number three in the AP poll to down to 19. We'll see where they sit at when the polls come out tomorrow. But they need they they needed their point guard back, and it was good for them to get their point guard back. Sticking with the women, South Carolina's Aaliyah Boston in walking without the ball. That is not a good sign for the number one team in the country and the reigning defending national champions. South Carolina's for Aaliyah Boston was sidelined, but they and they with their walking blue on her white foot out there at Hall Fall doing the number one game cost 85-38 win over Hampton. The most outstanding player of last spring's NCAA tournament was driving for a for the basket when she fell and it took several moments to get up after getting fouled. Boston, a six foot five senior, missed two foul shots and then ran down the floor on defense. South Carolina coach Don Staley sucked out Boston, who walked into the tunnel towards the locker room. Boston rejoined her teammates on the bench midway through the third quarter with a boot on her right foot. Staley said after the game that Boston is, quote, questionable, close quote, for South Carolina's next matchup Tuesday night against number 20, UCLA. That's going to be interesting because UCLA is one of the blue book programs and when it comes to basketball, mostly men, but the women can also ball too out there in California. You're going to be interested to see how the Paincocks can do without they star player, if she's unable to go, and I kind of think she probably won't be unable to go because this happened Sunday. Your next game is Tuesday. I don't think that foot or ankle is going to heal that quickly to play on. It's going to be interesting to see. She's questionable, but this could be a tough test for the reigning defending champions against UCLA. Yes, keeping it as it real, as I can be. And our final note to talk about in today's around the grit around the hardwood is this thing right here acc sec challenge announced for the 2023-2024 college hoops season so bozero for espn wrote this article the ACC, SEC, and ESPN have announced it, the formation of the ACC, SEC Challenge for Men's and Women's Basketball starting during the 2023-2024 season. The induction of the ACC, SEC Challenge marks the end of the ACC Big Ten Challenge after 23 years and the end of the SEC Big Ten Challenge, I think you meant to say Big 12 Challenge, that begun in 2013. The ACC 
SEC Challenge, but featured 28 games across men's and women's basketball until 2025-2026 when Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC and the event expands to 30 games. The future, there's a quote from the ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips saying, quote, the future ACC, SEC men's and women's basketball challenge will be outstanding events for our student athletes, members, institutions, and fans. The SEC, led by Greg Sankey and our partners at ESPN, have been terrific. There is a great excitement for the first annual ACC SEC Challenge next season. As part of this announcement, we would like to we would like to acknowledge the Big Ten for its partnership on the ACC Big Ten Challenge that spanned more than twenty years. He's talking about two of the best conferences in college basketball, and this challenge will come to an end this season, which I will get into. That's my last segment of the show. When you look at both the men's and women ACC bits and challenges, which is going to be a doozy, as it always is. ACC Commissioner Gray Sankey goes on to say, quote, we are excited. Women's and men's basketball student athletes will have the opportunity to compete with their colleagues from the ACC as we initiate a new basketball challenge experience. I appreciate the collaboration, of, the collaboration of Jim Phillips and the ACC members, along with our broadcast partner ESPN, to make possible the SEC ACC basketball channel, which will provide our fans with exciting basketball early in the 2023-2024 season. I also thank the Big 12 for the many great challenge games we experienced together in the past years. Each of the 28 games will be shown on and ESPN platform. It's interesting. It's, it's sad to see the ACC Big Ten Challenge and the SEC Big 12 Challenge But hey, as things as the years go on, sometimes change has to take place. This is a change that's taking place. Uh, they have the ACC Big Ten Challenge getting ready to take place this week, and I'll get to that as I said earlier. The the final. SEC Big 12 Challenge will begin on January 28th, 2023. And that I'll get into that when we get to that point in time. But this is something that I've been looking forward to. I'm happy that uh, I get to see and we get to see the, this these two conferences go at each other in basketball because we don't really see it that much. So you can get matches like North Carolina and Kentucky uh, Duke and Tennessee, Florida, Florida State, which already happens anyway. So let's say Florida and Virginia, uh, Alabama and Miami, you know. You got a lot of Auburn and Virginia Tech. You can go all kinds of different ways with this challenge, which is primarily going to be in the south part of the country, which is awesome. But you do have your you do have your Syracuse up in New York, your Virginias, your Virginia Tech's up there as well but it's gonna be a good chance to see next season but for right now we got it where we at it i'm looking forward to it so that has been around the hardwood so i'm gonna take a break here and when we come back we're gonna go into that heat check segment the playmakers blog is proudly to announce that it is sponsored by fanatics Fanatics, where you can get all your official license, sports gear, memorabilia, whatever it is for the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, 
Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, or even into the National Soccer League, or even college sports. So whip your team, whip the hardware, get comfortable, because Fanatics is the way to go. We're a sports fan shop and official license everything. All right, welcome back to the Super Lights Out, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the heat check. And as you see on the screen, we're talking the Boston Celtics, the best team in the NBA as of right now. As you can see, this team is red hot. They have won nine of the last 10 games. They have the best record in the NBA, and you can't deny it despite what they've been doing all season. Currently 16 and four on the season, number one in the East, number one in the NBA, because right behind us, the Milwaukee Bucks with the second best record in the East and in the NBA, as we spoke earlier with a 14 and five record. Top team in the West is the Phoenix Suns at 13 and six. So that tells you what's going on right now. And as you look on your screen, the number one scoring team in the league with 120.4 points per game, they are 11 in assists per game at 26.7, 14th in opponents' points per game at 113.3 a game, and they are 25th in rebound at 41.8 rebounds a game. They have a difference of plus seven for points per game and opponents per game, which is, as I'm looking at the numbers right now, the best in the NBA. And right behind them is the Phoenix Suns at, at plus 6.9 difference per game. As they score 114.6 and they give up 107.7. So Phoenix does better on the defensive end than Boston, but Boston put up points left and right. Currently on the three-game winning streak, 9-1 in the last team, as I mentioned earlier, this team that gets it done. And as you can see from the last 10 games on that 9-1 record, not really much competition. You got a good up-and-coming Detroit Pistons team that you beat twice, but they uh, they got a ways to go. You beat a different team. I give you that. OKC, who's been a surprise to everybody when they get the opportunity. But you're talking about OKC team that's only 8-12. and 12. But Shea gives out his listener score. Give him that. You beat the Atlanta Hawks. You went to Atlanta and took down the Atlanta Hawks. That's a good win. You're talking about a 9-11-9 team. You went to New Orleans and took down the New Orleans Pelicans. You, your only loss in the 10 games was against the Chicago Bulls at the United Center, but you kind of like you beat Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. You take down Sacramento and the Kings, who were last, who were my last week's heat check because they were rocking and rolling. And they had the number one scoring offense in the NBA at that point in time. But as you can see, the Boston Celtics only gave 104 points to them. Held them well below their average. And then finally on last night, you took care of the Washington Wizards 130 to 121. Does your 9-1 in your last 10 games. And you're currently on a three-game winning streak. You know the stars of the Boston Celtics. Number one, Jason Tatum, 30.5 points per game. Good gracious. Averaging 7.9 assists a game with 4.6. 7.9 rebounds a game with 4.7 and 4.6 assists per game. So you're talking 31 points, eight rebounds, and five assists a game. That is what you call a superstar who can give you 30, give you a good amount of rebounds, and don't mind this and that assist as well. And he does have a running mate, and his name is Jalen Brown. 
And we all know who Jalen Brown is. Jalen Brown's giving you 26 points a game, about seven rebounds a game, and close to four assists a game. So between these two, you're talking about between Brown and Tatum, they are giving you at least 57 points a game. Giving you a good, let's say, 13 to 14 rebounds a game. And they're giving you eight assists as a tenant. That's what you want from your star players. But you do need a supporting cash. And the offensive player from last year was Marcus Smart. He's now up in his game more. 11 points a game, three rebounds a game, but he's giving you seven assists a game. He's doing a phenomenal job, making sure he's running the offense, making sure the right people get the ball and doing his thing. And then the big acquisition of Michael or Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana, who's coming off the bench. Coming off the bench, that's the third leading scorer on the team with 13.6 points per game, giving you about four rebounds a game and four assists a game. That's off the bench. So when your second unit comes in, you have a leader, you have a point guard with Brock who can facilitate the offense, take the shot that he needs to take, and also make sure his teammates get some ball. Now, with that being said, though, these guys are doing a phenomenal job. But why is that? Because when you say they're doing a phenomenal job, we got to look at it. You have Tatum, who's shooting 47.7% from the field. Jalen Brown is shooting 50.7% from the field. Brogdon is at 46.6% from the field. Marcus Smart is shooting 42.2% from the field. They are shooting as a team. The Boston Celtics shoot 49% from the field. They shoot 40% from three. Okay? And this is why they are the team that they are. They shoot the ball well. They take quality shots. The team that was in the NBA Finals last year is picked up right where they left off, even with the coaching change from Ima Yudoku to Joe. It has not changed nothing of what the Boston Celtics do and what they look like. This team is the reason why they are the favorites to come out of the East. And some are picking them to win the title, but you have your... You're booking the Nets over there with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, those people who want, like, want to see them. Good. You have your Laker fans over there that want to see the project get another name. You got, can't leave out the Golden State Warriors, who are the defending champs, who beat the, who beat the Boston Celtics to win the title. Milwaukee's right now is up there. We're looking for Phoenix to do something and make a noise. John Morgan and Memphis Grizzlies. But overall, who's playing better basketball than the Boston Celtics? I don't see nobody. But with that being said, though, we will find out in the next few games. Because let's see here. Tonight, in the back to back, you have Charlotte at home. And then after that, to end to end the month of November and to begin the month of December, you have two matchups with the Miami Heat, the team that you beat in the Eastern Conference Finals that went game or that went seven games. So you have back-to-back games with them. Then you go to Brooklyn on the 4th. Then you go to Toronto on the 5th on the back-to-back. Before you head out west for your road trip, where it features Phoenix, Golden State, the Clippers, and the Lakers. So right here, after Charlotte, 1, 2, 3, 
four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of your next nine games will be a test, an early test. By the way, as you can see on your screen, the Phoenix game is on ESPN. December 10th against the Warriors, that's on ABC, so that might be the first ABC game coming up. You have the Clippers on EVA TV, and then the day after that, on the 13th, you have the Lakers on TNT. You have some games coming up. We have some games that's going to be on, that's going to be televised to the national audience. We shall see how the Boston Celtics come out of this the next nine games. And remember, they started off the season winning nine straight. They had the longest the longest win streak in the NBA at nine. They already had three. They're, I'm going to give them I'm going to give them Charlotte. So that's four in a row. I'm going to give them Charlotte tonight. That's four in a row. After that, we shall see how they get through these next eight games after Charlotte. Two games against the Heat. You got the Brooklyn Nets, the Toronto Raptors, Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Clippers, and the LA Lakers. And the crazy thing about it, after you're done hosting the Miami Heat back-to-back in back-to-back games, the rest of it is all road games all the way from the Barclay Center to, to We the North to out in the desert to the Bay Area. To Hollywood. Let's see if the Boston Celtics can still be that team that they have been looking like since the start of this season. That's the Boston Celtics, and that is your heat check. The Playmakers Bar is probably to announce that it lettered a partnership deal with Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Stream live sports from any device that you have, whether it is your computer, laptop, or even your cellular device. Catch breaking news live when it happens, and enjoy a mountain of entertainment from movies to shows to whatever you love doing. Paramount Plus. Plan starts at $4.99 a month, but right now, you can get a free trial. Just hit that link below with the Playmakers blog and start your free trial right now. Paramount Plus. Mountains of entertainment. All right, welcome back to Shooting Lights Out, ladies and gentlemen. As you see on your screen, we get to our final couple of things to do on the show today. And first up, we got to recap what took place over Thanksgiving weekend, or Thanksgiving week, shall I say, when we had the field night invitational for the ladies. As you can see here, the third place game for the for the field night invitational tournament took us to, you know, the uh, Oregon Ducks ranked 18th in the country against Michigan State, and as the Oregon Ducks take that one, 86 to 78 over the Michigan State Spartans. India Rogers led Oregon with 19 points. For the Pena, Kyle has added 15 and 16. Kamari McDaniels led Michigan State with 28 points and 7 assists, but it just wasn't enough. That was the third place games in the Invitational Tournament. The third place game in the Legacy Tournament for the ladies put Duke against Oregon State with Duke winning 54 to 41. As you can see, that was their third place game. Costina Taylor, 18 points to lead the Blue Devils in that win over the Beavers. But then we get to the championship game. And in the championship game of the Invitational Tournament, it was number eight. North Carolina against number five, Iowa State, with the Tar Heels taking it 73 to 64. 
Deja Kelly, 29 points, eight boards. Kennedy top Kennedy Todd Williams, 17 and 16 for the Tar Heels. Stephanie Soares for Iowa State, 19 points, 12 boards. Ashley Jones tried to help out with 18 points and nine rebounds, but it wasn't enough as the Tar Heels win the Phil Knight Invitational Tournament and for the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament in the ladies. It was number five. It was number three, UConn, taking on number nine, Iowa. Izzy Ford for UConn, 24 points. Aaliyah Edwards added 20, 13, and 6 as the Yukons beat the Hawkeyes, 86-79. Caitlin Cart, a favorite for the Wooden Smith Player of the Year Award, 25.7 points, 6 assists. Kate Martin added 20. It just wasn't enough as the... Huskies could move on a 5-0 and on the season. And now it's up their second loss of the season, as you can see here. And same thing with North Carolina. They moved to 8-0 when they win the field night invitational tournament. But Iowa suffered their first loss of the season. Iowa State suffered their first loss of the season. That was the ladies. Let's go to the men's. And we're going to start off with the bad boy motors battle for Atlantis. Third place we had Wisconsin defeating USC 64 to 59. And then the championship game, number three, Kansas suffered their first loss of the season, losing 50 to 64 to 22nd ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee goes to five and one on the season. The defending champ dropped the six and one on the season. That's how that ended before we got to our field night tournaments for the men's side. The invitational tournament, third place game featured number one, North Carolina, going against. 18 ranked Alabama. And yes, that is right, ladies and gentlemen. These teams went to four overtimes. Four overtimes. As Alabama had on to win 103 to 101 over the North Carolina Tar Heels, number one team in the country. Number one team in the country, so with a second loss in as many days. Caleb Love for North Carolina, 34 points, nine rebounds. Armando Beckett, 20 points, 10 boards. Mark Sears for Alabama, 24 points, five boards, five assists. Javon Quinley, 21 points, six rebounds, eight assists, as they got the double in that one. For the legacy third place game, it was Xavier versus number six, Gonzaga, 88-84. Zagas with a close win over Xavier. You had Jack Nudgen for Xavier, 25 points, six boards. Kobe Jones added 22, 7-7, where it was enough because Jalen Schroeder for Zaga, 23 points, 9 Bush. Drew Timmy, 16 points, 6 points, 7 assists as the Zags take third place in the legacy tournament. And the championship game for the Invitational, it was number 20, UConn looking to go 8-0, as you see on the screen. Going against Iowa State, 71-53, UConn Huskies. Wasn't that close whatsoever. They just dominated. Donovan Senegal for UConn, 15 points, 10 boards. Let it wait for the UConn Huskies. And then for the Field Light Legacy Championship game, number eight, Duke, going against 24-ranked Purdue. And Purdue had their way with the Duke Blue. That was 75-56. It wasn't close whatsoever. Tyrese Proctor for Duke, 16.5 boards. But Zach Eady for Purdue, the big man inside, 21.12 boards. Ethan Lawyer at 18 as Purdue was dominant over the Blue Devils. 
interesting to see how these rankings go with North Carolina going to be falling off that number one slot. Gonzaga, will they move up or down? What will Alabama move up to? What will Purdue go up since they undefeated? And also UConn, who are undefeated, where they move up to? And what does Duke fall at? That's what is going to get interesting about this right now because it is what it is. That's that's what took place over the weekend. But now let's get to this as our final thing to get into. The ACC Big Ten Challenge, the final time for both the men's and women's, as we noted earlier, through our round of hardwood. And to begin, we're going to start off with the ladies' side. These are all the games you can look forward to here, as you can see. But there's just some games that I'm just looking forward to mostly for the game. For the ladies, the ladies will get there started off on Wednesday, November 30th. It'll be begin with... Illinois taking on Pitt, as you can see, 5 p.m. on the ACC Network, 6-1 versus 5-2. You also have Syracuse taking on Purdue. You also have Rutgers who will be at Boston College, which is not on here because all this is the games I'm looking forward to watch. You also have Wake Forest taking on Minnesota. That will be at 8 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. But these four games here on one, are the games I'm looking for on Wednesday, as, you, as we already discussed the first two. You have Virginia, who's 8-0, taking on Penn State 7-0, a battle of unbeaten teams up in, Penn, up, up in Penn State. And then the night, the top game for Wednesday features number four, Ohio State. They are at Louisville to take on 10th the Louisville Cardinals. Can Ohio State remain unbeaten with Louisville? Give the Buckeyes their first loss of the season. And... They move up to six and two in a top ten showdown down in the Bluegrass State, and then it continues on Thursday when you will see Northwestern at Duke at five p.m. You also have Florida State taking on Wisconsin at seven thirty p.m. But the games to watch for on Thursday for the ladies: North Carolina at Assembly Hall at six and zero, Tar Heels taking on seven and zero, Hoosiers. 6 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Then you also have Maryland ranked 14th in the country. They are in South Bend to take on the 6-0 undefeated Notre Dame Fighting Niners, who was surprisingly not ranked for once. I'm not used to seeing the ladies Fighting Niners not ranked. That could change if they beat Maryland. Then you get down to 7 p.m. Nebraska is at Virginia Tech. Should be an interesting game to watch. Do not sleep on Nebraska. If you're the Hokies, even though you ranked 11 and Nebraska's not, and Nebraska can, Nebraska usually has a has a latest team that can ball. Also at eight, you have Georgia Tech at Mississippi at Michigan State. That should be a fun one to watch. NC State in a top 15 showdown. They are in Iowa City to take on ninth point Iowa. As you know, the NC State Wolf, they made a great one in the tournament last year. Looking to repeat that. Kaden Clark is looking to rebound after taking her loss in the Phil Knight tournament and looking to bounce back and, and get Hawkeyes a big top 15 win at home. And then finally, you have 22nd ranked Michigan 7-0. They are in core games to take on 6-2 Miami. Miami is one of several teams from the state of Florida to make the tournament last year. So Michigan will have their hands full. 
they won't be a walking apart for the Michigan Lady Wolverines when they take on the Hurricanes because them ladies down in Miami are some ballers. They are some real deal ballers. That is the ladies' side. Let's flip over to the men's side, shall we? As you can see, the final, the final time the ACC Big Ten yet again will beat this year. They will get started on Monday. On tonight, when you see the top two games at, on the top of your screen right there, Minnesota will be at Virginia Tech 7 p.m. ESPN2, and then followed by Pitt at Northwestern on ESPN2. Okay. But we want to get to tomorrow because tomorrow you have 23, you got 23rd ranked Maryland are in Louisville on 7, at 7 p.m. on ESPN2, which if you see my last episode when I did Chewing Lights Out, you know how I feel about Louisville right, right about now. Okay. Another game it will be Syracuse at 16 ranked Illinois, 730 on ESPN. But that's not the game I'm looking forward to. The game I'm looking forward to is on your screen right here. 7 p.m. ESPNU, Penn State is in Clemson, South Carolina, take on the Tigers of Clemson. Then you have at 9 p.m. Georgia Tech at Iowa, 25th ranked Iowa. White Fours and Wisconsin get together. And then how about this matchup? How about this for the nightcap? Number five, Virginia, undefeated. Heading to Ann Arbor, Michigan to take on the 5-1 Michigan Wolverines. It's going to be an interesting game to watch. As you can see, I'm looking forward to this one after the Syracuse and the Noise game, which, I, which, which, which precede the Virginia and Michigan game because, I mean, it is Syracuse led by Jim Behan, so – but they're going against 16 right Illinois, so I don't see them competing as, as much. But I could be so I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I just don't see it at the moment in time. I just don't. But that is Tuesday. And then we continue on Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. On Wednesday, you'll see 24 ranked Purdue taking on Florida State, who was having a down year. 715 on ESPN two. You also have Boston College at Nebraska at 915 on ESPNU. But the games I'm looking forward to on Wednesday is on the screen right here. 715 on ESPN, you workers at Miami. Somebody's gonna suffer their second loss of the season. We talk, we're talking about some blue bloods. You're talking about some programs. Look out for it. Check this out for the rest of the night. Also at 715 on ESPN, Ohio State is in Cameron and then those to take on eighth ranked Duke. But by the time that game is played, Duke will not be eight. They'll be ranked something else. At that time, and speaking of team that not team who had their rankings changed, number 12, Michigan State at 5 and 2. They are in South Bend to take on a 5 and 1 Notre Dame fighting Irish. And the game that most people is looking forward to, ESPN 915, number one, who will not be number one when this game is played. North Carolina, just like their lady Tar Heels would be. The men will be visiting, you know. Bloomington, Indiana at Assembly Hall to take over living rank and undefeated Indiana. Kentucky has been there. They suffered a defeat. Ohio State has been there when they was up one and high. They suffered a defeat there. Uh, I don't know if it was it. I think UCLA went there at one point in time. They got Assembly Hall is not a good place to go if you're the top ranked team in the country. But by then, North Carolina, North Carolina won't be number one. They'll probably be somewhere down between, I would say, probably between the eighth and tenth range. And Indiana probably would be the higher seed. 
in my opinion. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. We'll find out tomorrow. But by this time these games are played, the rankings will be different when these games are played. But it doesn't take away from the excitement of these games. North Carolina at Assembly Hall. Michigan State at South Bend. I'm liking what I'm seeing here. I'm liking what I'm seeing here. So that's it. That's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time. I am the Playmaker Down in Silence here. I appreciate y'all tuning in. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, the Playmakers Blog. Let's look for Let's type in the Playmakers Blog. You should be able to find us. Also, follow our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Keep up with everything we do on our YouTube channel. Also, visit our website at the same time as well. And that's it. Until next time, this has been Shooting Lights Out. Stop now. You gotta keep going. Through all your trials and your tribulations, you gotta keep pushing. Now, finish your camp. Yeah, gotta get it out the mud, that's the only way to win. Who am I to point the finger like I never ever seen? Been through the ups and downs like the letter in. They don't let you through the dope, better kick that again. Cause that's the only way to win. That's the only way to go. Gotta get it out the mud. Gotta get it out the flow. Cause that's the only way to go. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow it on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and a whole lot more. This has been Shooting Lights Out. Masterpiece.